Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Pitching. And it's special because it's been a little bit. Mr. McHenry, as you can see, is back on the screen, back in Pittsburgh. I'm Jason Mackey. I'm here most weeks. Um, we are both fighting colds slash allergies slash something that is stupid. Um, I'm already over winter sport. I'm ready to go to spring training, or I'm at least ready for warmer weather. You got out. You, you got to a little bit better weather in Nashville. We're going to talk about this. but mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the weather's almost the exact same, and I was a little disappointed <laughs> The drive down is usually beautiful, and the the leaves had just started changing when we were coming back. So I didn't get that beautiful, you know, West Virginia, Ohio, you know, valley to kind of just marvel at God's creation. It it was it was kind of disappointing to be honest, but at least I was with my wife, my pup, and it was fun. But yeah, allergies, man. When when the weather starts changing, this is my favorite time of year, but it's always the time of year where it absolutely kicks me in the rear end. Yeah. Yeah, we've got some of that here. Uh, we've just, you know, I got one in preschool, one in elementary school, and, and, you know, they like to bring home presents, and we get to sample them. And so that's that's always awesome. So anyway, we're going to power through. Not a big deal. Um, got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We're going to talk about Fort's time in Nashville, of course. Key Brian Hayes is a gold glove finalist. Should be a gold glove winner, in my opinion. But we're going to go down the road of defense a little bit. We'll talk some MLB postseason stuff, something I want to get Fort's take on. We haven't had a chance to talk to him. In a little bit, pitching in is brought to you as always. Want to remind you by the North Shore Tavern. If you love baseball, you'll love the North Shore Tavern. The interiors, wall-to-wall pirates, appetizers, entrees, cocktails, and of course, steak and seafood on a sizzling lava stone. Open every day. North Shore Tavern across from PNC Park is Pittsburgh's home for steak on a stone. So, Fort, I'm actually going to start. Um, well, no, no. We, I, I want to get the Nashville stuff out of the way because oh, this is man. <laughs> I want to get the MLB postseason stuff because I have a question that I want to bounce off of you as a former player, but knowing a little bit about what you've been doing for the past week plus, I think is going to lead to some fun talk. So how's the wing, by the way, how you, how you feeling? Can you lift it? Um, I, I, I can everything <laughs> on my, everything on my body sore decided to <laughs> start getting after it in the gym this week after um, throwing two hours of BP oh boy. On, on Sunday, it was a blast. Um, but yeah, the uh, Pirates fantasy campers didn't fare too well. We uh, we went 0-3 and 4. We had four ties. You had four ties? How do you have we, four ties? Well, these people are not, you know, youthful. So, <laughs> you know, that they, they have bedtimes. They have snacks that they have to get to. And the reality of it is, is we didn't have any I don't know, man. I went to that fantasy camp one year, and I didn't see anybody with a bedtime. I didn't see anybody with a curfew. It was a livelier group than me. But yeah. L- listen, we didn't have those fantasy camp guys. 
Oh, um, oh okay, okay. We we outhit everybody. We outscored everybody. We could not pitch in every fourth inning. I kid you not. If the Cyber Matrix team was there, they were like, make adjustments across the board in the fourth inning. We lost every game in the fourth and fifth inning. Every game. <laughs> and we only play seven. So we had, uh, if you've ever seen The Ranch, you know the guy with the white yep. mustache? Yep, yep. So he was our best pitcher. His name's Todd. He's 58 years old. He threw 118 innings. And when we took him out, Things went bad, and then we had two guys that threw 84, 85, and we couldn't pitch them much because the older guys didn't like that too much, especially yep. when they threw a split finger. Um, oh, I, I saw a guy fall down. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it, was, it was fun. It was a really cool event. It was the first year. Um, anybody that wants to do uh, adult baseball and fantasy, they should really look into it. It's, it's very competitive, but at the same time, like a ton of fun. I mean – the first couple of nights, guys were drinking beer as they were playing. They got better too. That's the funny thing. It was like golf, <laughs> um, but it, it was it was a lot of fun. Very competitive. The yeah. Detroit Tigers won. I think that's the first time they've won in ten years. So good for them. Um, but yeah, guys came from San Fran, Mackie. That's awesome to play. Yeah, and there were some really good players. There were some guys that played in college. Uh, like I said, I would say three fourths of those guys are going down to the Roy Hobbs event. I didn't know what that was until last mm-hmm. week in Florida. I guess Doug Flutie plays. There's a lot of oh, wow. former uh, NFL guys, NBA. There's a couple of NBA guys. There's a bunch of you know, professional athletes that play in this thing. I guess it's super competitive. It goes all the way up to 80. So they have a wow. team 80 and above. I'd love to watch that game. Yeah. That's so, cool, man. I did it in January 2020 um, in Bradenton. You were not there. Um, you covered I, it. You're going to pitch for Michael next year. That's fine. pitching in I, Nashville. I Friendly but, vacation. We got a bad boy. <laughs> you were pitching. You and Todd leading the way. Pirates have to represent. All right. All right. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna handle myself differently though. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I don't think I've ever said it on pitching in. But so I, I do this. I participated in, in it, you know, and I like I was a camper, and that's how I wrote about it. I wrote about it first person, that's awesome. which is a really cool story. But so the very first day we go out there and they're getting a look at everybody, and you know how this works, but just explaining it for everybody else. It's home on the mound, warming up. Doug Drabeck's there. And, you know, <laughs> little me growing up in Pittsburgh, idolizing the 90, 91, 92 Pirates, et cetera. You know, Doug Drabeck was God. And I'm like, I'm pitching on a mound with Doug Drabeck. Like, I'm, I'm feeling it, man. I'm on a, I haven't been on a mound in a little bit. And so I, I way overdid it. Way overdid getting loose. And I don't know what I jacked up in my shoulder, but something. And the rest of the week, my shoulder was just, like, screaming at me. And so, like, I wanted to get through – and so I'm making these throws. I played second base, first base. I couldn't do anything with a throw. And I'm throwing like these little, you know, elbow only things. Um, so if, if I come and pitch for you next year, Fort, I am not going to um, get all heated up on the very first day. I used to love um, the fantasy. For anybody who's never done this, by the way, it's an absolutely phenomenal experience. I cannot recommend it enough. I would go back in a heartbeat. Um, and maybe I will. I don't know. Um, it's you, always been you a- will. You will. I'm I'm putting a petition out now. All right. All right. In January gotta, and next year. Yeah. I mean, the last one they had was during winter meetings, and so like, can't really go to my editor and say I'm not going to winter meetings. I'm going to go to fans. This year it that's is not- this January 6th through the 12th. I think. Yeah, but that's Pirates Fest. Yeah, but Pirates Fest. You can have and- Andrew needs to cover that, right? <laughs> Mackie needs <laughs> to be down in Florida. Season. <laughs> yeah, I don't well, think he I'm can take get down there. Yeah, good point. I think it's All only right. going to be a day or two, right? The yeah. Pirates Fest? So, yeah, but I mean, for, for our purposes, that's generally you get 
a whole bank of interviews and stories and then you're you know crank 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 in the subsequent days so anyway if you want the real scoop it's down in florida i'm just saying yeah. all right yeah. all right thanks buddy yeah, you're welcome. So let's move on to some actual baseball talk, not old man dreaming baseball talk. There's a lot going on in the baseball world, believe it or not. I think the playoffs have actually been pretty good. Um, just roll the ball out to you, Ford. How much have you watched of it? I know you've been busy down there, but anything anything really sticking out to you so far? I, I want to bring playoff baseball to Pittsburgh so bad I know, watching Philadelphia. Right? Oh, I mean, when Kelly said what he said, it's like, yep. oh, yeah, during the World Baseball Classic, Venezuela had the drums. And I was like, man, Philly's just going to go bonkers. And they did. They started right when he was in the bullpen, and I ate it up. I think this is turning into, you know, a place that people don't want to play. They pretend like they, they can handle it, but they don't want to play there. And, you know, I, I think the Diamondbacks literally lost their chance to go to the World Series after, after last night. I mean, it was remarkable what they were doing with their bats. Yeah. Philadelphia, I mean – when they're hot and they have a lot of guys that when they get hot, they can carry a team and they're all hot. So yeah. it's, it's going to be really interesting and you know, they have all the advantage. And I think they honestly have so much leverage against Texas. If that's who they play, I think you Houston think so? would be a problem. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Cause I think they can get to the middle in, in that bullpen. And once they get there, they're going to destroy it. And yeah. I, I know Evaldi's pitching really well, but I don't think he matches up well against the Phillies. I mean, yeah. you're talking about, you know, guys with a ton of pop. I don't think anybody matches up well against the Phillies right now for it, to be honest with you. I, yeah, not even Thor with is... his hammer right now. You're exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> that team there's no wild. chance. Yeah, I mean, they're homering like crazy. I've never seen anything like what they're doing with their bats. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's fun to see. And and yeah. I like that team a lot. You know, that it's like a bunch of misfits. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I want to get there. My in-laws were over tonight, and they're like, have you watched the Philadelphia Home Run Derby? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Um, how far is Philly from here? Four and a half. If you're booking it, usually five with a stop. You want to go cover it? Media pass. Hello. <laughs> Can you? I, I mean, yeah, we could ask. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, I don't know if there's anything we can glean from being in person that we can't see on a television no, screen. Absolutely people. not. But being on the field, yeah. seeing that, that, that stadium and what's that walkout song? Oh, 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 oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hearing that would probably give me goosebumps. So that's worth um, the trip. But my point with Philly that I did want to boomerang back to, um, it reinforces to me that some teams are just built for this stuff. Like 162 is one thing, and then the postseason and like what it takes to be good then is another. And I think you have that in Philly and, and for a variety of reasons. Like maybe it's – Bryce Harper comes off as a little bit brash, but there's also a confidence there. You know, somebody like Brandon Marsh, um, Nick Castellanos, like it, Trey Turner's personality. Um, and I don't mean it in a bad way. Like these are bad guys. They certainly are not. But there's a confidence there that is so really special. And I mean, it, it, you've got a very good bullpen. You've got a very good starting rotation. Like all of that stuff matters. But there's just such an underlying confidence that, you know, as somebody who covers the Pirates and like you want to see this rebuild continue and put us all in special situations, right? And playoff baseball and nobody wants to cover 100 last seasons. But if you're looking at what this team needs to grow, like that's something I would really love to see this group develop, just like a confidence, a swagger. Um, I think they're on their way. I think they have a lot of work to do, too. And I think there's only, you know, you can only do it by winning and being in those high stakes scenarios. But I just look at Philly and think that they're, atmosphere um 
team chemistry, all this stuff is just off the charts. It's so darn impressive. And don't you think it has to do a little bit with the contracts? I mean, I think when you have a bunch of guys that are locked in, right. And they know they're going to be there for a while. They're playing for something way more. Now it's about legacy. It has nothing to do about money. And then you look at, you know, Phoenix and it's completely different. They have a lot of young guys. They, they have some guys that are going to, you know, go into free agency. So it's going to change everything. Well, okay. Okay. Devil's advocate. Those guys, I, I would argue, aren't even aware of the business side of it. I talked to Jeff Bannister not long ago, and we were talking about uh, mm-hmm. some of the, like he, he struggled to even put it into words, which, you know, for, for Banny is kind of tough. Like he's one of the most articulate people I've ever dealt with. And love Banny. Yeah. He's like, it, it's almost like they don't, know where they're at like they don't know that they're supposed to be here and there's some beauty in that and this like youthful exuberance i think the diamondbacks have that on the other end of the spectrum and it's a plus for them like they they're not thinking about you know this may be it this is the dismantling of that i need to set myself up i need to put pressure on myself because here's another content just going out playing ball right not not necessarily that that's i guess i maybe said it wrong it's the other end of the spectrum that gives the comfort to those guys is, is more, more or less. Cause they've been there. They've done that. And like Harper even said, he's like, you know, what, what pressure do I have at 16? I dropped out of high school, went to a junior college and I wanted to take care of my family for life. I've done that. Now yeah. it's time to just go out and play. And that's a big difference. I remember when Kutch, you know, got his contract, boom, AJ leaves New York, boom, Liriano leaves and he didn't have to be the guy anymore. And all these guys take off because the pressure goes away. And I think that's yep. a big, big part of it. And I don't think Arizona has any idea what's going on. Yeah. And I think they're going to be better for it. I thought uh, Baltimore was going to be the team that was going to be like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think that layoff just, just is too much, especially for young teams. I really do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but we're going to take a peek at it real quick. Is I want to know. I want to know your thoughts because I've heard a lot of different things. I've had a lot what, of conversations. About what to do about the postseason and the break? Yeah. I, yeah one no. thing I do want. I want the one game playoff back. Yep, I'm with you. I, I'm I, actually. I I, what I'd like to do is honestly see them go nuclear. I'd like to see them go nuclear and like add two teams. Let's just expand Love the 32. It. Like the NBA or hockey, right? Field. NBA and hockey have yes. extra teams, right? Yeah. Yes. NFL yeah. as well. Every, I, well, oh, I can't point. speak for sure on the NBA. I've never covered the NBA. I fall, well, what? 16 in each conference make it? Yeah. It's or, like the whole the whole I'm league sorry, makes it. 16 in each conference make it. So 30. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I know it's 32 in every other. And I mean, there are so many good markets to go to. I mean, mm-hmm. We could do a whole episode on where you'd expand. But I mean, okay, you want to expand. They like the size of the playoff field, which frankly, I don't have any problem with. I know people like say it's oh so easy to get in the postseason. It's too easy. Yeah, but it's it's this. Yeah, and it's, it's a different brand of baseball. You're too. not going to convince people otherwise. So just stop. Um, but yes, I agree with you. Like either for now until you expand, I don't think 
your prize for winning the division and being really good should be you're going to be static for six days or whatever it is. Like, I just don't think that's in anybody's best interest. Go one game. And if you don't want to subject yourself to a one-game playoff, if you think that's unfair or too random or whatever, which I completely understand, that's a fair criticism, play better. Play better. Yeah, and, and I also think winning the division is one thing. Congratulations, you can get your divisional ring or however that works. But if you don't have the best record, you don't have the higher seed. Yeah. Just like the NBA. I, I'm pretty sure the NBA is like that. Um, I, I don't keep up with all of it as much as I used to, but – that, that's something I would really love to see. Well, I because, believe you take the division winners. Yeah, but but if the twins, if the twins are eighty, you know, they win eighty-three games next year, the pirates win eighty-six and they're second in their division, twins win their division, right? Let's say the Cubs win our division. That sucks, right? Like I want the higher seed. I mean, I know the twins are in a different division or different league, but I want to look at it and say the better team, the team that won the most games needs to have a higher seed period. Yeah. Yeah. I, because I get the, that, but I the think separation's that, getting too big, especially I think the AL East and the uh, NL East is going to be such a devastating round of baseball over the next couple of years. And then the central is going to be really good. I mean, I think yeah, the best brand of baseball is going to be on this coast. Why even have divisions then? If, if you don't get, we, if you don't get special, I agree. I agree. You you win your division. Congratulations. But they're literally g- doing away with it. When they got rid of the DH, division dies. Now you, you're playing everybody. I think it is dying. We can still, you know, hang no, your hat. I mean, Congratulations, division winners. But the leagues are dying. They're, yeah, it's leagues the same are dying. Every other sport in their your conferences. But I mean, your division, you should still be rewarded for winning your division. In, in hockey, you know, you're going to get one of the top seeds if you win your division. The same thing with the NFL, the same thing with the NBA. Like I, I wouldn't take like what you're, what you're saying is if I'm the Brewers and I win the NL central with 92 wins, that I'm going to be seated below the Phillies who finished second in the NL East, but they won 99 games. Yep. Like, oh, I disagree with that. I think the Brewers, I, I think if you win your division, you should have one, two, three, you can't control who's on your schedule. I, I agree. Well, I guess I'm, you I'm just saying pants off of them. Then that should be the argument, but I just, yeah. I, I mean, the Phillies win more games in a better division. So like, so, uh, yeah. But at that point, why do you even have divisions? What's the point? I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's very similar to college. If you think about it, right? Like college baseball is very similar. I mean, you can go out. I mean, I remember winning the uh, Sunbelt tournament and we won 44 games and like we had to get an at large bid to go to the regional because we didn't read the, win the tournament. I mean, it's nuts, but yep. that's the way it works. I mean, if you have a good record, it matters. It yep. doesn't matter. You get a ring for winning the Sun Belt, and then you move on. Congratulations. You won a championship. Now let's go win another one. That's yep. kind of how the whole thought is. So that's my thought, but we'll see. That would also, I think, allow more games. Yeah. Well, all right. We said we weren't going to fall down the rabbit hole, and we jumped we in. Did. We did. We always do. Awesome job by us. Yep. Um, <laughs> I want to remind you the great Yinzer tailgate brings the best of the Berg to South Point on November the 4th, showcasing Pittsburgh's rich culture, iconic sports history, and vibrant community spirit. The great Yinzer tailgate will immerse you in the unique blend of traditions that make Pittsburgh legendary. Visit thegreatyinzertailgate.com for details, and we'll see Yins there. Okay. Speaking of, did you see the, the design of the... I guess it's a courtyard right yep. outside of PNC. That's yep. going to be neat. 
Yep. I, I hope if I'm back on pre and post that that's where they do pre and post. That How sick would that be? Almost like college game day. Yep. That'd be really neat. Right there, Mackie, you want to come do a couple? I know. I, I think know. that would be so cool to start intertwining the smart people in Pittsburgh that love baseball. You know what I mean? Out there, yep. right? Like have a forum, like four or five. We need to get really this neat. figured out for it because we need to make sure that you don't go anywhere. That's my personal mission. I I don't think I'm going to go anywhere. I'm just interested to see what I'll be doing. That's, so. Well, that's good. Yeah. We, we are all interested as well. Uh, interesting, interesting discussions. And, uh, you know, I can't report any significant movement or I don't have any. I don't think there's been any significant movement to report. I know there's been discussions and I know there's been options weighed and all that stuff. Um, you know, who knows when it comes together, right? The way it's told to me, like I hear equal parts. Hey, it could be they go the MLB.com route. Um, it winds up, you know, sort of ad hoc with, Nesson and Sportsnet Pittsburgh and and you know one day it's one the other day it's the other so well not going to delve too far into that if you had to pick what would you pick just my preference or what I think it's going to be uh just do one of both one of each well I mean then I'm going to pick each one and I know I know but I want to see which one is which I guess I mean I want this is a good, this is a good one. I mean, I probably want the pirates to go the MLB.com route because it preserves work for, is for, for people that I like and respect. And I want to see continue to do their jobs. Um, If they go to Nesson, um, Nesson, Sportsnet Pittsburgh, whatever you want to call it, which I probably see as the more realistic option. If I'm, you know, putting my businessman hat on and I'm thinking like what makes more sense for the pirates it's probably that there's more of an expanded pre and post game, the opportunity to do like a magazine show. If I'm the pirates and I'm trying to get the message out about my team to as many people as possible with a minimal disruption, like what they're used to the RSN situation, I'm probably going to go that route, assuming the price is right. And I'm going to make enough money. Um, but I understand that it's, you know, they're, they're not going to have complete editorial control and there might be changes. And I, and I hate that. And I, you know, I think you guys at, at AT&T previously and whatever you want to call it now do a fabulous job. You keep me entertained. I, I think the people who broadcast games for the Pirates, I learn a lot from it. I really do. And I hate to see anybody losing their job. So I don't I don't like it. But if I'm going to sit here and objectively answer a question on like what I think, I guess it would have to be. I think it, it makes more sense for them to go Nesson. What about you? Um, For the fans and for most of the people if you can't answer don't feel like you have to answer You're no no it's about. a completely di- different format with mlb mlb is worried about the game so pre and post will completely change um i think the broadcast team and the color analysts will rotate more and yeah. they will be more on site uh it'll be a 15 and 15 yeah from what i what i've been told and if nesson takes over i mean they're gonna write they're gonna bl- they're gonna blog they're gonna do podcast they're going to do a lot what they're doing with the penguins right now they're doing an hour pre and post it's exactly that's what's going to happen and they're going to be segmented uh they're going to be very aggressive in the community which i really am excited about Mm -hmm. i don't think mlb will be but i do think mlb three years from now will be ready so i I say bargaining agreement mlb will probably take over i say these next three years nesson will take and then it'll be a fight to the death because i think there's going to be so much money made by nesson and the pirates that they're not going to want to give up to MLB. I'm telling you right now. You think they start with Nesson? 
I do. I do. Yeah. It, it makes too much sense. There's too much money on the table and we killed it this year. Mackie, yeah. I don't know if you looked at the, uh, Oh, I know. I yeah, know we, the ratings are phenomenal. Yeah. They're phenomenal. Yeah. And we, and it's because of the product that you got, like not the baseball product, like what the work you guys do. It really is. I mean, you, you do phenomenal stuff on there. Like you, you in studio uh, working, demonstrating things. I mean, you, you crush those segments. Somebody like Rob that. King is tremendous you know, there working, working the clubhouse, like doing the job the way that it's supposed to be done. Um, there's a reason those ratings are the way they are. No doubt. And understaffed and, you know, undervalued for the last, you know, three years. I think either way, everybody there who does come back is, is going to be very fortunate. It is going to be a weird situation because a lot of these people work in hockey that you're talking about. So they're going to be kind of in limbo, but I, yeah. I think they're going to do hockey year round. You know, I think they're going to be doing stuff year round. And when baseball goes, we'll see kind of how yeah. that takes off. But I, I, mean, the I think they're going to be very aggressive. The other reality here for it is it's been entangled for so long. And a lot of people like you're talking about do both. Um, and Nesson needs other programming. Like it's going mm -hmm. to be hard to run an RSN with just one sport sort of filling in the programming gaps. Like they yep. need the Pirates. They need what the Pirates can provide what, what would you say, 170 games a year, something like that? Maybe, maybe call it higher. I, I'm not prepared to do math on the spot, but like, man. That's about that's about right. I mean, we covered about a lot of games, a lot yeah. of stuff, um, a lot of ways to sell things around that, you know? I, Yeah, so I, that that's why if, if you ask me what I think is most likely, I think there's going to be a dance here surely between like Fenway sports group, Bob nodding, whatever, you know, like the pirates are going to try to get their best available deal because they do have leverage and that they can say, screw it. I'm going to go to MLB. They're going to do this. MLB has a vested interest in this succeeding. Um, what's his face? Doug Johnson, formerly of AT&T sports net, I mean, Pittsburgh guy understands what this is or Pittsburgh roots. I should say like, you know, that they're probably not going to let this fail given what major league baseball is. And if that's the route, the pirates go, but you know, I do look at it and sit and think like, what's best if I'm running the pirates and I'm trying to get information out about my team to as many people as possible. And you know, what, what sort of market is Pittsburgh and what's going to reach viewers the most. And it's probably sticking with the same RSN model. Like I worry about if they go the MLB route, how do you find that on TV? Cause it's going to be like, MLB network two, and it's going to click on 15 minutes before, like it's not going to be habit forming. Um, and you're going to have a tough time doing stuff like inside pirates baseball. Even if you do it, like it might, it, it, it would be non-existent. Yeah, probably. You're right. Well, yeah. Because I mean, Doug Johnson, all those people are off site, So the personal relationships die, right? Like that's why you travel everywhere. Right. Because if you're not there, it's not right. the same. Yep. You know, because you can't see the emotional state, you can't see the movement in the clubhouse, mm -hmm. you can't see a lot of things. And if they're not there, it's it's really going to hurt the product. And I think because we've been so good, I mean, Jack Becker and Rob King grabbing stores and Robbie doing great work. Don't give Robbie gonna, credit. No, no. He does, you know, he's one of the best just, in the business. No, he really, at, is. He really at, is. At, yeah, at making those guys feel comfortable. I'll, I'll never forget when he first came in. He he just makes guys feel comfortable. Dan Potash, too. Um there's something to be Robbie's said. Robbie's the best, man. I'm just, I'm he really just, is. I love seeing Robbie work the room, and he's just a constant source of humor in a, in a good way. I mean, just, yeah. What a, what a good I, I think you'll see him host more. 
you know, whatever, whatever happens. Um, yep. But all that to be said is I just hope the best for the fans and, and the people that work there. Um, and I hope they unlock the potential of what our editors can do, you know, what we're capable of. I mean, we have stuff we've never used, Mackie. We have that 4D camera that wraps around guys. So like I could do a demo of Key Brian and show you behind him, above him, and around him all at the same time. We never, we never mm. had the ability because only one technician knew how to use that camera and he was a freelancer. So yeah. I'm really excited where it's going. The quality of the uh, actual programming is going to be, be better. It's going to be true 4K. So it's going to be really enhanced. So I'm really excited about that. And they're supposed to cover a lot more around Pittsburgh. Hmm. So that's even with the hockey team. They were talking about that uh, right before the season ended. And I was like, man, it's about time we started doing that again. That's really good. I'd love to see, you know, more local baseball pit being covered, a lot of different things. And, you know, I, I think that's important. I yep. really do. So, but I will say this last thing, MLB could open it up for Nesson. They could open it up and say, hey, we're going to open it up. We're going to make our money, but you're going to produce it. It's that simple. All they have to do is say, click and open it up so it's not blacked out in Tennessee. It's not blacked out in California. If you want to be a Pirates fan, you can be a Pirates fan. You buy the app for an extra cost and you watch the game. But why would they not do that? Because they'd still make money. Like it, It's just like instead of $10, they're making 5 bucks. Yeah. But they're not having to produce it, right? I don't know the actual cost, but like, yeah. that's the reality. I mean, that's what they did to, uh, was it Bailey sports or whatever? Bally sports. Uh, Bally. Yeah. Bally. Like they put a hundred million dollars into their streaming service and then MLB cut them off yeah. seven out of 14. I, mean, I wish they would lift blackout restrictions from the get go, but I just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see them saying, Oh, well, we, we had 14 guys in Nashville channel anyway. Right. We have 14 guys in Nashville that love the pirates 14. and they can't, they, yeah, four, 14 and all their families, they had a tie back to Pittsburgh somehow. And it's like, I know that's not a ton of money, but like there was another five or 10 people that want to come to fantasy camp and be a part of the pirates family just yeah. because, you know, that team was awesome. And that's what could happen. Right. Cause yeah. when the pirates are good, I think the nation's going to fall in love with them because we're the pirates. Right? You, you like that you? Cinderella story? Go ahead and start writing now, Mackie. All right. All right. Hey, let's move <laughs> on. Let's uh yeah. we got a couple things to get to before we're out of time. Um, one of the things I wanted to get your take on, this might not be a controversial topic at all, but Key Brian Hayes was named a gold glove finalist. Is there any chance at all that he doesn't win this award? I, I don't see it. Like I, I'm 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 going to pre-write a story that says Key Brian Hayes won the gold glove and and you know have it ready to go when the award is announced. I see no reason why he should not, cannot win this award. Do you agree? Completely agree. I mean, they have every reason to push Arenado away. And Machado got hurt at the end of the year. He had a great year defensively. But, yeah, Key Bryan is by far the best third baseman in baseball. Um, and Cardinals falling off, I think, really helps. Yeah. I really do. Because I, I know the writers love looking at the offensive stats, who's winning, who's not, all the old school stuff. And I'm okay with that. But Key Bryan did it offensively. He played consistently. His defense is off the charts. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he may even come close to winning that platinum. Yeah. I, I think he's got a chance there too. I think one, I tweeted out something with some of his defensive metrics and these are non-traditional, so I might lose some people, but I mean, there's really no question. He's the best third baseman in baseball. 
And it's not particularly close. Like lead in defensive run saves, out to buzz average. I can't talk. Fielding run. <laughs> um, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, and, and frankly, it's been that way for more than this year. And it's kind of crazy that he hasn't won anything before this year. But of course, like the team improves a little bit. He does something offensively. The other guy falls off and that's enough to push him forward. I don't I don't necessarily agree with some of the logic. I think Hayes should have won it last year. But again, I look at it. Better be a gold glove. Better be a platinum. Probably it's the first of many. Um, very, very impressive. And it's just, you know, I, I try to not, and, and I still do, and I think we all do, just take for granted, like watching him play every day. It's one of those things, like when I covered the Penguins and getting to watch Sid practice, take face-offs, work in the corner, pucks in front of the net. Like, you just expect that. And you should never, should never expect it. Um, and it's that way watching Key play defense for me. And, and I think he's just going to get better. I mean, I, I learned this year that he, his instincts are not as good as I thought they were. Hmm. Right. So like he, he doesn't really read the swings. Like I thought he did like Clint Barmas. That's what made him elite because he would move a step. And then all of a sudden the ball's literally out of his reach. If he didn't move that step key kind of sets up where, you know, they tell him to, and he just has that type of range. I think as he gets older, he understands swings and he starts to, you know, maybe get comfortable. I think he's going to do some special things because he's going to be in positions that are just right. And yeah. he's going to get the balls that no one gets to. And everybody's going to be like, that's not a good play. That was just whatever. And you're going to look back happens. and yeah, I mean, he, he creates plays. Like this is one thing we laugh about with Shelton and it's absolutely true. Like he almost creates errors for himself. Like he'll get slapped with an error on a ball that a normal third baseman would never even come close to. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that he even comes close to it, the scorekeeper's like, yeah, it's an error. Like, no, it's not. No, it's not. The fact <laughs> that he's even in the vicinity of this yeah. is not a normal play. I, I, have, I have a question for you, and I, I don't know if this has ever happened. Has a utility guy ever won a gold glove? Yeah, they have a utility glove. They do? Yeah. I, I didn't. I did utility not know that. Play. They instituted it a couple years ago. I got Triolo winning a gold glove next year, period. Fine. Well, Okay. Because the, the way I was going to try to make this a conversation topic, and we have to do it kind of quickly, um, and it, this might be really quickly, um, <laughs> is who's the Pirates' second best defender? Like, it's very clear Key Bryant is number one, and Triolo would be my vote for number two, and I'm guessing he would be your vote for number two as well. I, I think he could win one as a utility. Um, I want to see them try him in the outfield. I think he could be a gold glover at first base. I just I think he probably won a little bit more offensive assurance at this point, at least I would. Um, but I'm fine bouncing him anywhere. I think he can do it. Yeah, I think if you balance out, especially if Indy comes back and and, and does his offense presence that he's had in the past and Henry Davis maybe catches a little bit, I think you can move guys around. I think we're that athletic. I've been thinking about it a lot. And that puts Triolo at first. That could put him in right. That could put him at second, short, and even third to give you know Kia Day off. I think he'd yeah. be elite anywhere you put him. So I think he'll be just fine. I think he's going to be a better version of Ben Zobrist. I really do. And yep. I, I would argue that they would fight for a gold glove if they were on separate teams against each other. Who? Triolo and Key Brian. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I think Triolo totally. has a different instinct totally than, than, you know, Key Brian, and he's got that length. Well, and I think Triolo has a little bit of a different skill set than Hayes. Like, yeah. I think if you put Hayes in the outfield, he'd probably struggle. Um, I don't, I, I don't have any qualms with putting tree out there. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a really good athlete. Yeah. Really good athlete. 
And that's something it is atypical for him. You know, he's, he looks like somebody who would be a power hitter and he's kind of not like he has power, but he's not a power hitter. DJ um, Lee Mayhew. I'm going to say it. He DJ reminds me so much of DJ. And I well, think if he played at a different yard, if he played in Cincinnati, he hit 20 homers. You know, I, I think it's yeah. going to be tough unless that jet stream comes into right center for him to hit 20 homers with 400 at bats, but he could really, really, really good year. All right, Fort, last question I'm going to roll out there for you. It's an interesting thing that came out yesterday or two days ago, I should say. Neil Huntington, former general manager mm -hmm. of the Pirates, has emerged as a candidate for the Boston Red Sox GM job or vice president of baseball operations. Not sure what they're calling it right now, but the former job of High and Bloom. What do you do? You think he gets a legitimate chance? I think he, he might get considered. I, I don't see him getting the job. What about you? Uh, I don't see him being the GM. Um but yeah, maybe, maybe vice president of baseball operations or something like that, where he can, you know, do his thing, but not deal with maybe the players and the agents as much. I, I think he'd be really good at that role. I really do. I think he is made for that role. Honestly, I was thinking about it when we were texting earlier. It's like, this guy may be made for the role of kind of being behind the scenes. Cause that's what he did as a GM. And I don't yeah. think that's what you should do. I mean, Ben Sherrington's kind of doing that, but you got to be out in front. I think Theo, you know, put out a great example and the guy with uh, Milwaukee did a great job kind of being out front. Tampa Bay did a great job, but yeah. you need to be that way. Dan O'Dowd was like that too. And then, and Colorado. So yeah. you've got to be very player centric. Like yeah. Clint Hurdle would be a good GM. You think so? Not now, but I back don't. in the day, back in the day. Yeah. Cause he would be dealing with people he could bully, not players. Cause he would, he would tell the players and he, I mean, he's really like, a different bird now than he was and he's in the best roles possible for him. But yeah, yeah I, I think a leadership position is always good for See, I The way baseball is now, and especially in a small market team, um, I, I don't see Clinton doing that job very well. No, um, not a small market. It'd have to be a big market. And that like, and that, that's not a, a line against Clint. I mean, I just think you know, Clint was a fabulous manager and, and had a tremendous tenure here. It's just like, any more that skill set involved to like, and, and we're seeing it with the pirates and I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to do it right or wrong. Like it might go horribly wrong and, and you know, whatever, but I mean, you can see what they they're going for and have to go for, right? Like you have to get young talent in waves, filling certain holes, maximizing guys, years of team control and pre-arb and you're only going to, you know, sign, extend, spend so much money. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd love for them to have a $200 million payroll too, but it's just, not reality. I don't think Ben Sherrington took this job expecting that, but you know, you do have to do things a little bit differently on the international market and the draft or development, whatever. And, you know, it, that's, it's just a ton to balance, man. It really is. And, you know, I almost look at that with Neil and what he's done. And I mean, he's not really had a lot of experience doing the big market stuff. I think he's got experience in Cleveland doing a small market thing. And in this way of winning, he came in, came in here in Pittsburgh and, after a little while was able to get it, get it done and turned around. And, you know, I, I, what's he I, been I, doing? Do you know? He's been an advisor in Cleveland to the guardians. That's right. That's right. Um, I would argue that his best success, what he's done well is the small market stuff. Like not that the contracts he signed were awful because they weren't, but I would say the best stuff that Huntington did here is probably, you know, cobbling together a bullpen and finding arms um, and making that work probably on a budget, 
you know, playing a different style and looking for market weaknesses and exploiting them. Like, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not even a criticism. It's just like when you're in Boston and the expectations there and your budget and how you're going to roll, like it's probably not Neil's bag, at least not to this point in his career. Um, I just see that kind of going a different direction. Like Stad Levine, somebody that might be more considered Mm. there. It would seem so. Um, Kim Ng is another one that, intrigues me that whole marlins thing is is that's wild yeah wild we're gonna make you the number two after leading the marlins back to the playoffs okay. yeah right um, um what play. about what about like a chris young type i i think Another? he's proven something that you know i've i've long thought would work oh Take james real- Clark is another, another one sorry, sorry to interrupt you for it but the former yeah. astros gm is like eh, and he's out there i i like that but yeah chris young sure yeah, I'm, I'm not saying him, but somebody like him. Like if yeah. Charlie Morton retired and like I'd hire him as a GM or if Ross Ollendorf popped out of somewhere, I'd hire him because he's got both sides. He did yeah. his own arbitration. I mean, that was one of my favorite stories of all time. He sat in his arbitration and won his own arbitrations. Yeah. Well, Dude, you yourself too much. And if you do, you know, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have one question for you. Uh, do we get anybody internationally? There's, there's, there's some hearsay um, that we're a sleeper team on some of these guys internationally, and I was wondering if you, if you think maybe we grab someone internationally. Who's somebody? You tell me. I mean, I would take Trevor Bauer to be honest, but no, um, I don't think they go Trevor Bauer at all. I, I don't think they will, but I think he'll end up in Cincinnati, and I'm going to really, really hate it. You think um, so? I mean, they know him. They know him. They like him there. Uh, you know him. Why would you bring him back? Well, I think he's grown. I think he's tried. I think he's tried to, you know, resurrect his name and do some things differently. Uh, Man, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch. That I don't know if it'd be good like, now. Right. I don't know if it'd be good now for the Pirates. But I mean, I don't know if you can get a cheaper, better pitcher. Um, but that's not the guy I was talking about. Any of these Japanese phenoms. I mean, there's that that lefty that's gonna come out of high school i believe yeah he, he I saw that yeah there, there's a lot of really good talented players i mean i think the talent over there is better than it's ever been um, yeah i mean it would it would not shock me if they made waves um with a japanese signing here soon um i think they need to win a little bit more before they get premium talent i mean if you're a guy over think about it if you're a japanese star you know and you're posted and you've got your pick of a whole bunch of teams to make a lot of money why are you going to pittsburgh right now you know, and I, I'm sorry if that sounds crude or crass or anything like that, but I mean, you know, when, when you go to the playoffs, when you win a lot of games, you're going to be a more attractive option. If somebody's going to pay you the same amount of money and they've got a history of being in the postseason seven out of the past eight years, where are you going? Like, I'm probably going to go there. I feel like you have to, you know, it's the same thing with multi-year contracts. People talk about, oh, the Pirates need to sign somebody to a multi-year contract. It's not like they're just there on the side of every road and the Pirates are intentionally driving past. Like, You've got to earn that commitment from the player. You've got to give them a reason to sign there. So I see the Pirates making strides internationally. I see them making strides in Asia and the Pacific Rim and all that stuff. And they've done that over mm-hmm. the past couple of years. I'm going to pull up their top 30 for it. But there are several guys in there over the past year, past two years, I should say, um, that they've pulled out, that they've, they've been really good. 
they've been, they've oh, been really active and I got to good. meet, meet that, um, uh, the guy that oversees that the scouting, I can't think of his name, had a really yeah, good conversation fun, with them. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're really, they're very bright and aggressive and connected yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's they're going to keep getting players. John Shook Shim is another one. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. He's the young, he's the young arm, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. a bunch of young pitchers. That's awesome. Last question, then, we, then we'll, we'll cut it off. Olympics 2028. I got asked this question the other day, and I'm going to ask you do we hockey it? What and and squabble back and forth and tease and then ultimately don't go. Ba- baseball's back, right? Yeah. Do we allow Japan just to absolutely wax us, or do we send here's our best? What, here's what I do for it. This is the world's easiest answer, and why teams and leagues don't do it, I'll never know. What do the players want to do? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well said. I, I don't know what that answer is. I'm not a player, but I know that if the players stopped playing baseball, people would notice. If I stopped writing about baseball, nobody would give a you-know-what. I mean, some people might care, but not nearly as much as the players. What do they want to do? Do they want to play? Then play. Do they not want to play? Then we're not going to play. That To me, that's the, that's the question that needs answered. But, I mean, it, you couldn't write a better story, right? Back in the United States, in L.A. Oh, I know. I it's and great bringing baseball back, right? Like it may be the last opportunity for, you know, Captain America to play. And I just think it would be phenomenal. I mean, it's great, and, and, but how does that jive with the World Baseball Classic? Is that something the group as a collective wants to do? I don't know. I mean, other if the answer is yes, then you need to figure it out. And yeah. I feel like that's Rob Manfred's job as the commissioner of baseball. If the answer is yes, then get it done. Then figure yeah. out like Work with your general managers, work with your owners, work with everybody. This is the way we're going to do it. And we're going to vote on it. It's going to be democratic. And we're going to, you know, not everybody's going to be happy and that's okay. Um, but we're going to do the best thing for the majority. of play- And some players might not want to play and that's fine. That's their choice. But, you know, I want to give that opportunity. If I have 70% of my players wanting to play, I feel like if I'm the commissioner of baseball, it's my job to get them in there. Um you know, and if, if at the same time, if 70% of them don't want to play, it's my job to to take it out of there, to not. my. I would guess that players want to play. I have a tough time. I have a tough time seeing guys not wanting to represent their country. But well, I just, I don't and know. It, and it's tough too, Mackie. Like I, I got invited to play in the Pan Am games in double A and I took a ball off the year, ended up having a seizure because they hit a nerve in my neck. Long story. But yeah. I wasn't able to go. I was fine. I wasn't able to go play in the playoffs in double A and then ended up going to the Dominican. And that's the reality. I think teams will protect their young guys and they won't go. They won't go play because they don't want to see those guys get hurt. The MLB guys have that ability to go. I mean, maybe just maybe the PA fights for that ML MILB guys, but I doubt it. I, I don't think that's an argument they want to have with MLB. Like when they, they've had some big wins lately. So I think, yeah you know, allowing those guys to go play. And I, I think it would change everything because all of a sudden in the Olympics, Venezuela would be good. Dominican yep. would be good. They've never been good. Yep. And last thing I'll say about it is we're not number one in baseball in the, in the world anymore. No, <laughs> it's our pastime and we're not number one. That's why I want it more than anything because we're getting completely taken over. Yep. It's not Dominican. It's not Venezuela. It's at the lower levels. It's China. 
and then it's Japan. Yep. Japan has better. So China's coming hard. And all of a sudden, you're going to look at the international market. It's going to be completely different. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a great thing about baseball too. It's played everywhere. I love that. And I mean, yes. you know, you're, you're looking at organized competition and evaluating it based on that. I mean, where's the sport most popular? You could easily say in Dominican Republic or Venezuela. I mean, it's a, a lifeline for an entire country, but yes, I mean, it's, I want to see it, man. I me mean, too. if you're asking me like, what do you want as, as a sports writer, as a consumer, as somebody who loves baseball, of course I want it. Of course I want it. It's easy for me to, but it's easy for me to say, you know, sitting at my dining room table, or even if I go to cover it or something like that, like, of course I want it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to offer an opinion that is also sensitive to the, the group that I cover. So we'll, <laughs> well, well my, my goal is to be a part of that 2028 Olympic right. run. Yeah. I, some, some way, shape or form. I, I hope you are brother. Yeah. I hope you are. That well, you're going to cover it. So get your mind right. Okay. All That'd right. be sick. Would that would. All right. Enough from us. Uh, a little bit longer episode, but Fort and I hadn't gotten together for a little bit. So this is always fun. We could do these probably for two hours Fort, I would have no problem with that. My friend, no doubt. Um, make sure to like, and subscribe on your screen. Um, see all of our post-gazette content, not just this, but other, uh, podcast, YouTube videos covering the Steelers, Penguins, Pitt, Penn state, the whole gamut, all kinds of stuff coming on here. So we will be back next week, uh, hopefully feeling better um, and more continuity in these sort of things with Fort and everybody. So uh, for Michael McHenry, I'm Jason Mackey. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Howdy. Uh, maybe, maybe.